Hey, welcome to episode 115, the Never Iron Anything Comics Review podcast. I hope you all survived the storms. As we are now back with episode three of our own mini-series, brilliantly entitled Old Blokes Read Manga. Um, back with me is another old bloke, um, a herder of penguins and back issues. It's Mr. Alan Henderson. Hello, dude. Greetings. Uh, it was pointed out to me that, um, based on the book that we're going to be talking about later, um, this is Old Blokes Read Old Manga. It is a bit, um, isn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is old now, isn't it? Fucking hell. Well, yeah, 1981 when, when we get to that. Right. So, but anyway, that's... Good. Um, that's How you been, man? You've been, you're back in the office now, aren't you? You're, um, yeah, yeah, back in the office a couple of days Not working week. in your pants um, anymore? Not wearing my pants. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't that, that troubled by the wind. Right. And, uh, <laughs> Even us old blokes, not troubled by wind. You know, not, yeah. not troubled by the wind when it blew through. Uh, I was not made to sit at the back of the boat. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so now we survived through that. And, uh, yeah, we're just... Obviously, Scotland's not through, fully lost all its regulations yet. But, oh, of course um, not. Yeah, we're, yeah. We're getting there. Yeah, we're um, being a little bit more cautious as as, as we do. Um, so yeah, everything's slowly on, but surely getting back to normal. I was on a Teams meeting with a lady, uh, chatting to her, and I did like a a brace for impact because the wind really hit. You know, and there's a couple of old trees outside my office window, and I did that sort of almost like brace for impact. Here we go. And uh, mm-hmm. she goes, is there a train going right past your window? I said, no, that's the wind. <laughs> so uh, all we did was lost a, we lost a couple of bits of our fence, which I bravely fixed in like, as a sort of DIY cool kid. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty pretty lively, Danny. It, it hailed today, actually. It hailed on my head earlier. Uh, well, yeah. I, I woke up to, to three inches of snow this morning. But no. It's, it's, it's oh, melted on. during the day. So, no, we had, we had snow this morning. And, uh, yeah. Do you run out? Do you get excited? It wasn't, wasn't too bad. Um, well... <laughs> it was the whole thing, but you know, we, no, but yeah, we had we had yellow snow warnings. You know, and you've got to be got to be worried about yellow snow. So <laughs> yeah, so Frank Zappa tells to... us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I've had a sneak peek at that comic smells uh, second issue, so we're going to be talking about that later yeah. as well. Very good, mate. Cool. Very impressed. Better Thank than the you. first issue, even I'd think. You know, improvement again. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we are going to talk about a specific volume of manga, as we do, I like to on here. But first off, we're going to talk in general terms about your reading habits around manga. So um, what do you think, what was your first exposure to Japanese comics, as it were? So realistically, my first exposure to what I knew was Japanese comics yeah. um, came about in the early 2000s when Dark Horse essentially acquired an array of or, or took on the mantle of publishing manga in, yeah. in the english language um don't quite remember the order that things came out in but yeah. obviously akira was was a big thing that they reacquired that from from epic and they put that out there um that i probably started my collection for that with the uk magazine manga media Yes. Um, which I actually yeah. hadn't realised was actually that at that point Dark Horse had a UK arm and they actually put that out. Oh, I didn't so it was know actually that. A, okay. so it was a Dark Horse magazine to begin with. Before, I think they did the first, I don't know how many issues, thirty or something, before selling on the the magazine. And I, I think I got about the first twenty of those those issues, and it, that had Akira in it. It had Appleseed, um, had Godzilla, I think, for a while. Oh, as right, well. okay, nice. Um, I remember Appleseed being in there. Yeah, that was my exposure to that comic. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And if I, I'm brutally honest, I'm not a, a big mech 
fan or I'm not, and I certainly don't like the the stuff, a lot of the Japanese manga, the, the particular genres that they end up having about the over-sexualized schoolgirl type yeah. character Me with neither, the man. big doughy eyes. Yeah. Um, or certainly at the time of reading it, I wasn't, wasn't a fan of that. So um, that, that didn't really get into me. So, you know, then I think they started putting Akira out in the, the big sort of phone books through, yeah. through Dark Horse and I moved over just to, to getting that. Thereafter, because Dark Horse was starting to bring out a number of the, what I would call the more epic series, but doing it in really small chunks, it gave me a, a chance to get into it. Because that's what's always put me off a lot of manga, is I know I'm, I'm one of these people that if I get one thing, I've got to get all the things. So, you know... You if, and me both. Yeah, I know what you mean. You know, it, yeah. it's, uh, and if I see it, if I see it as all there's... And, and the thing is with manga is when you say there's 50 issues, those issues are probably quite big, thick, chunky books. And you suddenly think, oh, I have to get all of them. And I've got enough trouble keeping up reading what I'm reading already and everything else. So, yeah. but but they, they put out Lone Wolf and Lone Wolf and Cub. And, and that was in the sort of slightly smaller than paperback size, those little brick yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so little chunky books. Um, and I absolutely adored that. And, yeah. you know, that, that was properly you know the, that was again because it, yes it was japanese comics but it wasn't the the mech it wasn't the the doi it wasn't the big you know it wasn't that big flashy thing it literally was like this is a historical comic in many ways i know more about the bashiro code and the you know feudal japan just because of reading that <laughs> yeah, book I know. Than, yeah. than i would have got from anything else um any and the things that they followed that up with being the the path of the assassin and um and samurai executioner yeah as well as I think later on they did New Lone Wolf. Um, yeah, it was just sort of. Which, um, it was a bit. Was it like a sci-fi thing? Was it? No, that's Lone Wolf 20, 2100. Yeah, yeah something yeah. like that. But there was actually further Lone Wolf stories that they oh, did okay. again in a sort of really small format, uh, format books. So I and that was a was a big thing for me to get all of those and have that as a as a massive package of those small little books and you know and so they're all by the same same creators so it's that that helps me with getting into that and and following it through Wayne Wolf is probably the best of those um Path to the Assassin has it, it gets better but some real struggles early on because of the story the way that it portrays some of the storylines which are factual for the time right but they're quite um quite rapey yes yeah, so I read the first <laughs> volume of that and I have to agree yeah. Yeah. I mean Lone Wolf well, doesn't, that, doesn't always shy away from that area of things to be fair, but yeah, it doesn't go no. straight into it. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think that was just the path assassin just puts it straight you know, and it's that whole I forget the exact thing about that. So if you rape her seven times she becomes your wife. Something like that. Right. And it, you're like yeah. Okay. All right, fine. Right. A bit... <laughs> okay, hmm. Not sure what, what I'm supposed to do with that piece of knowledge from, uh, you know, let's say from feudal Japan. But it, it's, it, it, it seems it's, like a lot it, of effort, to be that. fair. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and then the other series I picked up from Dark Horse at that point, well, the, the complete opposite end of the spectrum, right. was Astro Boy. Oh, nice. And the, yeah. the paperbacks, that they, they, so they, they were kind of in that size of you know, uh, yeah, a wee paperback book. You yeah. know? Um, and so that was a really nice recollection of that. I think there was about 27 of those. Something like that. Now there's a link, a link from that to uh, what we'll be talking about in a bit as well. I'm not interrupting mm. you, but yeah. 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 Okay. So all of that was my in to manga and saying, so this is, you know, that gave me that, that whole thing of going, right, there's, there is the sci-fi side of doing Akira. There is the historical side that, that comes with, with Lone Wolf. There's the comedic 
cartoonishy bit that comes with with Astro Boy. Yeah. Um, and there's other odds and sods that I picked up, like Lady Snowblood and stuff like that. Yeah. You go, that's going down the horror route. That's Koiki as well, isn't it? It's Lady Snowblood. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Um. So that those are the that that was my exposure to it, and in terms of how I found out yeah. about if you, Japanese. If you don't mind me saying here, Al. That's quite late for you. And bear in mind, we talk about a lot of comics that are very much pre the two thousands. Generally, mm. that's quite late for you. Did did you had you been exposed to it and just not fancied it previous to that, or uh, probably? And I think it's it, it, it's all about what was available. Yeah. So when when I would have started reading comics in in, in earnest, or uh, while at university and had the ability to get things, yeah. Akira would already have been sort of halfway through or more okay. by Epic. So you, again, where do you start? And you know and you, and same with Lone Wolf coming out from first, I would have been. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't really an covers. era of trade paperbacks back then, was it? Either? No, yeah. no, and that that's where the 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 jump on point that the Dark Horse gave me was the right thing for me there. Yeah, that turn around and say, right, okay, it's it's as you say, it's either collected, boom, and I can do that, um, or it's like, so look, this is the new issue one, and well, you didn't know when when. When they put Lone Wolf and Cover Number One out, that they would commit to do the full run. Yeah, you had fair, fair confidence that, that that they would. Yeah. So, so yes, it was maybe a little late. And as I say, all the other manga that was perhaps coming out about that time was either going down that sort of Gundam route or the Sailor Moon you know, or something that, like that. Yeah. 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 Which just wasn't for me at that point in time. I think so, that's um, what put me off further down the road. So after an initial excitement, I was trying to find stuff that was Sanctuary or Crying Freeman or something like that, mm. or like you say, Lone Wolf. And I found it a little bit juvenile, I suppose, which is strange coming from me. I'm the most juvenile person in the world. But I found it a little bit um, kiddie-like, I suppose, and that was because of books like that. And I think that's what continued to put me off it, is stuff like One Piece and stuff I just, just knew wouldn't like my fuse. Um, mm, but mm. until that further world opens up to you, you know, you don't realise it's all there, possibly. Yeah. And there just wasn't the exposure to, for in terms of other, all the, the array of the genre being available in the English language. It's much in the same way with a lot of the, you know, the French books, the Bundes, you know, where it's been a case of it, yeah. it takes people to reprint it in a format that allows us to, to read it. Yeah. That then you know, and I think it'll be the same with the Shogun Jump app now that you're finding in terms of being on able to access stuff digitally that's you know, probably not available at all in print anymore, but is obviously now accessible. Yeah. And is actually accessible in a way that you can search to say, I like this book, therefore I'll like that book. Yeah. And and that searchability, well, let's face it. The early in the nineties, if you were reading comics, that searchability was generally dependent upon who ran your comic shop as to yeah. whether or not they could say to you, "Oh, we've already we've ordered this up as well." Yeah, because if you were going through, it wouldn't have been previews at the time, would it? It would have been advanced comics or something like that. I can't yeah, remember. So it was all there was yeah. a, various different ones, wasn't there? And yeah, I know some comic shops sort of kind of printed their own ones, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but unless you knew what to go and look for you didn't know what to look for. So, yeah. you know, and that, it's, it was just all about that accessibility more than anything else. Um, I also remember spending, I, I think 
there's at least a couple of Japanese shops down in Soho and the like yeah. where you can walk in and there's just nothing but wall-to-wall manga. Yeah, there used to be the Japanese All centre of Piccadilly, didn't there? You used yeah. to be able to go in there. I'll tell you where I found a load of Japanese uh, language manga was in Foils in Charing Cross Road the other day. Right. They've got loads mm. in there. Yeah, I didn't realise. So they've got all like One Punch Man, Chainsaw Man, um, all that sort of thing. Um, but in Japanese, if you're willing to buy it in that. I, mean, I was half tempted, to be um, fair. Yeah, there's bits and pieces that I would pick up in Japanese just because it's, you know, to A, have it reading right to left, yeah. um, and B, just because some of it, you know, I would pick up, if I could get some of the original Lone Wolves in Japanese, I'd be delighted yeah. to do it. But, you know, I, I, again, just to look at it. And it fucking looks cold um, as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 Did you find that um, there was much anime in your life though around the same um, time because that was kind of a 90s phenomenon wasn't it for a while it was in so, the UK yeah and I think so I, I I actually remember going to see Akira properly in the cinema when it first came over here right which would have been about 88 yeah that rings a bell because I think they had a showing of it or they at least gave flyers away for it at one of UCAC's the UCAC's yeah. But I still got the flyer somewhere, so there was a showing at it might even have been the Curzon actually. You mm. could go and see it and get a reduced rate if you had a, a UCAC ticket, I think. Mm. So I'm sure it's Edinburgh, I can't remember if it was the Foam House or the Cameo, which is one of the sort of arty house cinemas that, that or the two arty house cinemas that exist in um, in Edinburgh, right? So it would, I'm fairly sure it must have been the Film House. I remember go, you know, and going in there and saying, Right, we, we've heard about this film yeah this animated film that's you know completely going to blow our minds in terms of our, our expectations of other animated things um and it would have been a subtitled version so it's that oh anyway we're going to art house film to see yeah. you know, to see a subtitled movie um and you, you know you just sat back and just on the big screen just went right they've taken all this and what and it's going on um and there would you know yes i would have been watching Gatchaman on telly or Back yeah. on the Planets. Yeah. And I would have been watching Ulysses and I would have been watching, you know, the various other things that, that came through. Um and I, I had friends who got into the sort of anime thing about picking up some of the, the films and of the, the VHSs that were kicking around. Yeah. Uh again there was I think there was a magazine there early yeah, or was late eighties or anime action or something like that. Like that. You, yeah. Came with a came with a or came with a VHS every month or every other month yeah that rings a bell yeah and i remember watching some of that and again i think it's all about finding the right you know anime is so wide yeah this is a part of the issue with with both anime and manga they are not genres and people seem to just treat them as as such you know it is it's like saying oh this is television um yeah it's just a delivery method yeah. Do, do you like me? Do you like me? Oh, I say, do you like animated movies? Do you like Disney? And you kind of go, well, I like some of it, but not all of it. And yeah. You know. Um, Good. Are and, you? Yeah. Um, sorry, go on, mate. Sorry. No, I was going to say, and so that I would be getting in. You know, so yeah, I saw it, but it didn't grasp me, and it didn't okay. get me. Yeah. Really excited about it to say. I want to, you know, and, and I suppose that I've people probably fell into multiple camps at that point where. Did you go down the Japanese style of saying that's that's where you you want to base yourself to, to be interested in, it, or did you go down the American? You, yeah. You know, where you where you want to be, a, where you want to go to Japan for your holidays, or where you want to go to New York? That was kind of yeah. where people kind of fell in. Or and that was probably two thousand AD. You know, there's people who just did that on there as well. Yeah. 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 But uh, you know, and and 
it was just finding that finding your right niche and as i say not everybody could read everything or see everything yeah um what um what are you, are you reading any at the moment so not specifically i, I wouldn't say um, there's a couple of books that are kicking around where it's so heavily manga influenced that it's it, you, you have to say you know that that's where it's so there's um the gotham book that's coming out from dc at the moment um which is i think it's future state gotham okay it, right it's, i'm not reading that it yet. is it is a manga book right right down, down to the fact that it comes out black and white zip right. tone dots all over it and all that sort of stuff speed lines to to indicate all sorts of motion I'm going to tell you, it's actually really good as well. Okay. Um, right. It's a, a proper Elseworld in, in uh, many ways. Um, we had, didn't we had, we had Batman manga as well, didn't we? Yep. Did you get that mm -hmm. as well? So I've got a couple of trades of that. And yeah. there was uh, a Justice League manga as well, which okay. I have, but I've never read. I'm going to yeah. put my hands up on that. one of those. Oh, yeah, I get that. It's in the pile that will all like tire with these days yeah. and, and, yeah. and when I'm, you know, I have nothing to do I, mean, um, I still haven't read the last 10 issues of um, what is it fucking Atlantis what was that DC book about Orion Lord of Atlantis I still haven't read the last 10 issues of that <laughs> that was the 80s <laughs> yeah I know uh, as long as you're not buying it three or four times over in the in collected editions as well yeah and there's no hype on that one yet yeah the, right so no that, that that's kind of more where I am with it and there's a number of manga artists who appear on let's, let's say batman collected editions of, okay. of short stories batman black and whites and things like that yes where, that's true. Where, you know where you're going yeah that's that's where I'm. and again part of that for me is not knowing where to start or what to to get into and i don't necessarily want to join something that's so far in and it's because i, I do find a lot of the manga when i read it you couldn't join lone wolf and cub halfway through right okay yeah. i don't think you uh, you you need you know it, it's an epic tale you need to do it all yeah um so i either need to be pushed to say here's issue one of something go yeah. and enjoy it's, it this is the new hot book this is the reason maybe jump yeah. on it then if you felt like it yeah. yeah yeah and and i don't necessarily want it to be tied into a universe of other books as well <laughs> because yeah. i just can't it's kind of the beauty of it sometimes know? isn't it manga yes. you know yeah yeah. But but they're but they're thereafter, like like the other book that, that you sent me, which is the the, the Pushman, oh, um, yeah. which which I absolutely adored, but I wouldn't know how to go looking for that. Yeah, in no. some way, it's a case of how do you so how do you find it sort of thing. Um, and well, how do you discover it, um, it? I think is part of it as well. You know, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and that's no different than than the UK scene when you wander around. Let's say Thought Bubble, and you suddenly go, Where's this book been? Yeah. I didn't know that this existed. And you're suddenly going, You know, and it is how do you discover some of those things? And, and uh, maybe I'm not trying hard enough to to, to look yeah. for them, but as I say, I know my to, to read pile is already too big. So I sometimes <laughs> think if we had Comics International still, it would have a manga section, you know, yes, it would have this much. stuff in it, wouldn't it? And we would know maybe. Yeah, we kind of rely um, on the odd podcast and you know, Twitter and you know, maybe the comics journal, you know, if we can afford to find a copy. Yeah, it's a bit like that. It's a bit all over the place, isn't it? Um, which yeah. it can be. It doesn't have to be, you know. Um, cool. Right. So speaking of Akira, we're gonna, you're going to tell us what the book is you've chosen for us to talk about tonight, dude. So the book we're going to talk about is Domu, A Child's yeah. Dream by Kashihiro Otomo. 
uh, as you, you say, was the uh, was the creator of Akira. Yeah. Now, I would have read this after I read Akira. Oh, okay. But chrono- chronologically, it comes out before Akira, and I would have read it because I read Akira. Absolutely adored Akira, and went, oh, here's another book published by well, my version by Dark Horse. Yeah. Um, from from two thousand and one, two or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it was basically they, you know, they were just you know, Dark Horse at the time were going, yeah, we'll just ride that bandwagon and, and, and put this <laughs> out there. Well, it looks it's, it's done, isn't it? Um, well, this so originally is, published. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mate, just say this isn't currently available. Um, you and I have both decided to um, to go on holiday and sell our books and go on a some round the world tour on the the grounds that these are both books that are quite expensive on eBay at the moment, you know. Um, but they're yeah. just, just strangely, it just isn't available. Yeah, you know, weird, Which, isn't it? Yeah. So it is available in Japanese. Yeah. Um, some of the Otomo books are being reprinted in Japanese in a new collection at the moment. And I don't know if there's an intention at some point for that collection to yeah. be translated back into English. There was, I think um, I watched a kayfabe where they they said they thought there would be, um, but even that yeah. they weren't certain. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, who, who knows? Who knows when? Yeah. And it, it amazed me. I mean, particularly as Akira last year, last year, year before, had the big big box set yeah. that came out. Yeah. That um, recollecting. I'm surprised that there's not. I'm really Just surprised. I I can only on guess it must be something to do with Otomo. I think it must be yeah. something to do with him um, as to why it's not come out. Sometimes we're always a bit afraid of our you know, early works, aren't we, maybe? You know. Um, it's that, or I don't know if it's tied up in the fact that he's sold the film rights a couple of times. Yeah. And then the film's not been made and it's come back to him, and therefore there's a, maybe something in the background about sitting on it while... Yeah, that sort of sorted out. It's um, weird, isn't it? Because every single manga I seem to read seems to have a TV series that we've never seen. You know, mm. but this is which is one of the giants, isn't it? Really. Um, yeah. Now, I, my copy is um, from um, Mandarin Publishing by AKA Equinox Manga. It was eight ninety nine, which is quite cheap. Um, and it's on the front. It says from the creator of Akira, Domu, the Dreams of Children. Um, but I read this before I read Akira, although I think I might have just read one of the... They came out in prestige format, I think, initially. Mm. Um, I read a couple of them, like random ones, before I read this. But this is the sort of full work that I read. Now, it's the original um, British or English translation, but it's um, collected all in one, so it is a one-off story. But this one, I think we looked it up, didn't we, when when we were talking about doing this? This one was 500 quid on eBay. And even the second <laughs> printing, which is the one you've got, which is was like 180 quid or something, wasn't it? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Currently, we can get a copy of you, the version that you have for 152 pounds and 35. Oh pounds, right, okay, there you go. If I wanted to, um, yeah. And there, there's an, there's an, a UK edition of mine available at the moment, but uh, yeah, it's still 50, 60 quid, which yeah. is crazy for. Just um, a couple of quick yeah. things before we begin. So I, I often hear this res- referred to as Otomo's other book. He did do other stuff, but this is what it's occasionally mm. referred to as um, sort of the second book. It was actually created before Akira, like you said. Serialised between 80 and 81 in um, Futabashi's Action Deluxe Sign Manga. Um, the, uh, another, have you is, ever looked up into the covers? Yes, I have, man. I was about, I was about to say, they're like surprisingly lads, they're like nuts magazine covers, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I kind of want to get some copies of them now because they just look nuts. I think they look really good. It was a twice monthly magazine. Um, it also published Lupin, which obviously is quite cool at the moment. Um, your favourite, Lone Wolf and Cub. Old Boy as well, which is the, is quite a well-known one. Judge and many other sign-in classics. Um, have a look at Futabashi's publisher's website. It's fucking wild. Talk about <laughs> loads of different books. It's just fucking loads of mental books on there. It looks amazing. If only I spoke um, Japanese. Um, the main inspiration for this story, and we will talk about what it's about, but the main inspiration comes from the fact that um, from an apartment building that Otomo lived in. Um, and he dreamt of this story whilst there. Um, and there were some views down, which we'll talk about in a bit, also inspired by a tower block he had heard about in the news um, with unusually high suicides at. Now, did you want to just give a, like, an overview of what it's about, Al? So it's it starts as a whodunit police drama. Yeah. That um, you're right, a, a number of murders or sorry, a number of suicides start taking place um in a in a, a housing estate or that's a sort of tower block type thing. Yeah. Um and the police get involved to try and work out is it suicides, are the murders, is something happening? And for the first quarter of the book, it, it has, I, you, you know what, the first quarter of the book, it reads in many ways like it was set in central London in some ways. Yeah. In one of those Do you know what, every of, time I look um, at this estate, I think of an estate in London called the Aylesbury Estate, which is apparently like the densest yeah. populated estate in the country at one point. And it just and looks a, exactly like that, yeah. And there's similar estates in Paris, and there are similar estates in New York, and there are similar, yeah. you know, so it could be, but it has that, and it, you could certainly imagine that this is that sort of, yeah, there's, these deaths are happening um, and the police arrive to try to work out what, what's going on. Um, and there's a little twist at there that with everybody that, that's been killed, um, a memento has been taken from them in terms of what that is. Yeah. And each of those mementos are, are quite childish in terms of what, what they are. And what, what happens over time through the book is we, we meet a character called Mr Cho, who is an old man who lives in the estate and has a little bit of feel of dementia about him in terms yeah. of the way he's, he's sort of portrayed. And he starts to act quite childlike. And what turns out more and more is that he actually has powers or, or psychic abilities that, that's causing people to commit the suicides so that he can steal the little mementos. Um, then a new child or new, a new kid moves into the to the estate and she also has a little bit of these psychic powers and as I said, because the old man he, he and there's loads of spoilers coming here but the old yeah. man likes to just as I say, he said this child is mischief about him but takes it to that extreme he sees a baby sitting up in the tower block in one of the sort of balconies and he decides basically to, to make him fall off the balcony and the girl basically stops the the, the kid from dying and that's when they they lock into realization that they're going to have to to work out between them. Or, or basically, that's where the battle is going to come: is the is the kid versus the old man in terms yeah. of the the psychic piece. And the story develops from there without giving much more away from it, I suppose. Yeah, it, it ends up being a mix of uh, Village of the Damned meets the Raid. Yeah, it it's does. That's of, true, man. Also, with with if you throw in some of the chase scenes from Doctor Strange, 
or the matrix or something like that where they're running over yeah. buildings and things but for me as well coupled into it you get a dose of scanners um and yes. you get a dose of two samurais destined to fight to yeah. uh destined to have a duel against each other and this is these two they build these two up don't they you see them as these, these you know it's going to happen almost mm, for me mm. yeah it's, it's and, quite and, a thing and throughout all this as i say there's the, the the childlike element of the old man who and to me it's, it's almost and they never really they, they never really get into this but it's a uh, it's, he's had the. I, I get the impression he's had these powers all this time. He's then become, or picked up dementia as part of a, and and that's caused him to regress entirely back to childhood, but just be have the viciousness of being an adult. Yeah. Without the you know or or he's lose that restraint, you know, while being a child and just going yeah I'm just going to do what I want and and, and push it. Way yeah, too in far. many ways she's the adult, um, isn't she? The child is the adult, and he's the, he's the the kid in a way. The, the toddler, yeah, yeah because yeah. it's, it's it's that toddler rebellion type type thing about him. Plus, he looks a bit um, like one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. well, yeah, I've, I've got a, got a question about that. Okay, but the um, there is an array of comedic lines throughout right. okay. the book as well. So quite early on, I say one of the early suicides, the the police turn up to to work out but it's actually the, the two bobbies that are there to begin or whatever the, the japanese equivalent is yeah and um, so it's before the 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 inspectors turn up and it, it's the fact that one of them's walking away with obviously the, you they don't really show you the the body on the street but the guy's walking away going i'll not eat spaghetti for a month <laughs> yeah you know? yeah Where yeah you just like you can just put that image in your head of going yeah okay so there's Got, you know, I think it was the fact that the guy had been eating noodles as well, and then he landed, he, his body exploded and stuff. I think, I think that's, um, there's a big aspect in my my um, reading experience in this is my view at the time. I read this when it came out, so I would have been in my early twenties. The my, my reading experience was very much impacted by the fact that I knew that in my head I'd always heard stories that suicide was much more common in Jap- Japan, and we we see all these hmm. things of seppuku and all this sort of thing, don't we? You know, but the the suicides, I don't know, it seemed to be a bigger part of the story. And because of that, they had this impact on me where these people would kill themselves. But there was yeah. there was a sense of it being different. The guy with the hat on at the start with the, the winged mm. hat is incredibly impactful in the way that it's done. It's just very nihilistic almost, you know? Feels... It, it, it is. And the, the way the artwork portrays that as well. Bleak, with the black and white. Yeah. yeah. And the... And this is we must read book more when we're doing these reviews. We must do more reviews of books with page numbers. This is <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But literally on I don't know, it was page six or seven or something. It's not even as far in as that. Where where he jumps off one, two, three, it's not page four. So it's the it's the big tower bot. Yeah, it's a page where there's oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> great, yeah. breaks the deal. And all the on, the way that they portrayed this death, you, and they're sort of that's bits where they've been clearly he's been walking up to the roof. And suddenly they just show you this huge, huge tower block with the sound effect thud. Yeah. Oh, the wood. Um, where you're going, ah, yeah, he jumped and that's the noise he makes when he hits the ground. Yeah. So it's again it's that it's not just nihilistic, it's that yeah, it's we're we're not making a big deal about the jump. We're just going, we'll take you to the roof and then we're going to give you a sound effect. Yeah. I do admire that, the restraint that, he's got there. There's a lot of creators these days who would put the spaghetti on page four, wouldn't they? You know, well, not they that. Would you'd, have, you'd have, you'd actually have the falling man 
yeah. image. Um, and maybe that's partially post 9-11 world where people will, sh- will show, yeah. feel, you know, have no fear of showing pictures of people falling through there. The, um, but yeah, that it, it is that just, yeah, we're, we're, we're just going to make you think what that is. We're going to tell you that, you know, somebody's standing on a roof and then the next image is the sound effect of somebody, of something heavy landing on the ground. You can work out what happened there. Um, yeah. Now, but, we hinted at it earlier when we were talking about Astro Boy, but there's a character in this called Mrs. Tezuka as well, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of a little nod from, you know, from well, from his stuff. Here's a question good. I actually have about okay, the two different different versions. So my version is a Dark Horse version. Yeah. And on the inside cover, where it's basically, or the title page, if you like, there's a close-up of the, some of the toys, which is going to be the image or which refers to all of the toys and mementos that um, kept in that, that room the old yeah. man chose kept. yeah now the version that's in the, the dark horse version there is distinctly an astro boy face or mask or head or something oh, okay i toy. maybe missed that yeah yeah but well i i wondered if this was just something that was put in extra well, for the dark horse version yeah purely because dark horse were doing astro boy at the same time yeah, I missed uh, that. Or had the rights. So, uh, and, uh, yeah, that's something that was, was interesting from... Yeah. From, sorry. There were a few cameos in this, actually, because the airplane kit maker, um, mm-hmm. the man who kills himself... No, it's, yeah, the man who kills himself with the knife. Um, that's Otomo, isn't it? Yes, I think young, so. As a young oh, man. Yeah. yeah, I think he's drawn himself in there, killing himself. That's a hell of a fucking I, I, I must admit as well, because of the, it's the old man show when he's, he's covering all the badges and things, yeah. I wonder if there's things in there that we just don't get the reference. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Where, in, you know, much in the same way as you see, if, we, if somebody put a, you know, a couple of dread badges on yeah. and then put Axel that into something. For, or something, yeah. 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 People wouldn't get it, yeah. Other people wouldn't get that reference, or, or outside the UK wouldn't get that reference. Um, so that was that's the, the sort of interesting challenge yeah. with that. Well, I do wonder. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you do you enjoy that whole sort of horror through mental powers? We we go through phases, don't we? We had, like I said, we had scanners and we had the, the fury, and you know we had even movies like Push. You know, X Men comics had an element of it. Espers certainly did. You know, do you enjoy that psychic war kind of thing? Is something you go for? It's, yes, I think it, but it's. You're right. It's all about the less is more when when they do it in terms of, yeah. and, and and scanners is a really good example there where you're like going, I know what's going to happen, and they can see. see you know, <laughs> yeah. Scanners does take this out of showing that. Well, as does this book eventually. Go, you know, there is blood and gore at the end, but the you know the it it is it should be the it's the the unknown that you're going. This could be happening to me right now, and I just don't know it. Yeah. Um, a little bit. So the the fact that they're able to to do some of that and they move things about, it go, I mean it gets really extreme with this towards the end, as you say, with the whole f- the ability to fly, if you like, and, yeah. and jump around the, the buildings. Yeah, I mean I've heard the talk people fun. talk about this, but they were I think Ed Piscor mentions this in one of the talks he gave about it, and he says they were doing stuff in a comic there that hadn't at that point got to the movies. So if we hmm. saw that in a comic these days, we would say. Oh, that's from one of the Matrix movies, or you look at him flying, or something, you know, running down the side of a building, or something. You know, there's there's untold touchstones in movies for that. But at the time, yeah. movies hadn't reached the point where they could really do that. So mm-hmm. he was doing that in this, which is incredible, really. You know. Yeah, and I, as I say, there's 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 a number of things with this where you go, 
what happened next with 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 books in terms of mm. the, the, this kick, you know, because this is when you look at this, there are things in here you can say, oh yes, I see how that has inspired certain bits of Akira in yeah. terms of his own own work. There's bits in here as well, and this is the one I was going to ask you about. So there's okay. the, the first appearance of Old Man Cho as when he's floating and uh, quite early on. Uh, lost the page but he, he's basically he's floating that says it's book so he's it's when he takes the inspector up onto the roof okay to the first of the inspectors to, to jump and he's floating there and he's holding he's got the gun on a string yes and he's covering all his magic i'm going to take you back a year year and a half when we discussed give me liberty yeah has dave gibbons look at looked at that as inspiration for um raggy ann could have done couldn't he yeah, you know, I, whether or not I don't know, but again, it's the you get, the, and this is this whole thing with with reading this book now. You're 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 right. You kind of go, oh, that's no, oh, that's that's inspired by that. It's like no, no, this this came out in 1981. Yeah, this inspired the other. It's the other way around. No, I think you're right. And um, also, this is where um, there's a certain area of comics that almost seems the same for me. So that could that image of him holding the gun up and floating, you know, the white panel, could have yeah. come. As easily from uh, Metal Hurlant for me. Yes. Um, from a page of yeah. that. And that's somewhere where these styles join a little bit. For those who are expecting this to be, like you say, the sort of big eyed, sweaty browed, you know, Digimon, Pokemon kind of stuff, this is nothing like that. This is the intricately um, drawn, almost Mebius, you know, to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And as I said, yeah, not like that. I say the first half of this book is just pure psychological drama. Yeah. And. I, I literally was reading this first half of this book and I was going, this could be made into television series today for, you know, and you would watch it on ITV without thinking, you know, you would go, yeah, no, no problem at all. Yeah. Um, it gets a little bit more complicated story towards the end as to whether or not you could actually do some of it in, on, on a television budget, but why not? Yeah, it had to be um, after the watershed a lot of it, wouldn't it, I think? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some incredible stuff. Go on, mate. Yeah, one of the things I, I did find awkward reading it, not awkward, but I was confused by if this was published over two years in um, in manga action or thereabouts, yeah. can can you tell where the breaks are? No, I can't. No, that's a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah, it comes across as just created for this volume, doesn't it? Yeah, it reads. I mean, I know he did some reworks to to because it was one of the first books to be collected um, into um, whatever the Japanese equivalent of a graphic novel is from the what do they call it Tankubon. Right, apologize okay. for my pronunciation um well yeah but it was one of the first volumes from from manga action or action deluxe whatever you want to call it yeah, yeah. um that um that that came into that and then he, he did somebody working but i i i cannot i, I can't see the joins no <laughs> you're is, right which is great isn't it no bad yeah. thing you know or it's a brilliant thing maybe that's just how it worked with them brilliant. it's just you know you didn't have to put a cliffhanger at the end of every year you yeah. know maybe that's just how um, it worked yeah, yeah. Right. Let's let's we, talk we, a little bit about him, and then I've got a question for mm, you about um, a couple of the things. I want to talk a little bit about the artwork in here as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll get to that as well, man. Yeah. So, Ka Katsu Hiro Otomo, 
1954. He was born in Miyagi Prefecture in Japan. He was the fourth manga artist to be inducted into the Eisner Hall of Fame. 2013, he was awarded the prestigious Purple Medal of Honor by the Japanese government. And 2015, he was the first manga car to re- re- receive the Grand Prix at Angoulême. He, drew up in a, he grew up in a rural and quiet area, which was described, he's described in interviews, as a great place to allow his imagination to soar. And he read, which made him read a lot of comics. His parents, however, were quite strict and only allowed him one manga a month. And he chose Shonen magazine, where he read Tezuka's Astro Boy, which you mentioned. Uh, Shitaro Ishinori's How to Draw Manga was also a big influence on him. Um, he was talent spotted at high school and moved to Tokyo, and his career began. Look at those manga artists. you got to love them, haven't you? You know, none of this, like, floating about at various universities. He just got straight on with it. 1973, first published work was a gun report. Um, his 1979's first sci-fi was called Fireball, which is quite well thought of still now and continue, and contains a number of the themes um, that we see through Domu and through Akira, although it was unfinished. Um, it's, it did explore the themes of growing psychic ability. Um, he has said in a couple of interviews that this was the the preview to what he considers to be his better work in Akira and Domu. Um, he is, when you hear, I don't know if you've watched any interviews or read any of him, he's, I don't know if all the manga guys are like this, because I, I do actually quite like this, but they're very sort of offhand. They don't give these sort of, thoroughly self-possessed um answers to things and then mm. he's kind of actually quite self-critical um he yeah in 1981 he worked on a, a story based on the um a fictional war between china and the soviet union let's hope that never happens um well kibin kibun wa mo senso is published in manga action he drew a, a 1981 he drew a farewell to weapons 1982 he began Akira took eight years and is 2,000 pages long. And if you ask Frank quietly, six volumes makes a good pillow. <laughs> <laughs> um, he reported he's currently in 2018, actually, he reported he's working on a long form comic, but he, 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 he's going to keep that a secret and refuses to talk about what it is. He is actually heavily involved in the movies. He's one of these guys, he does appear to have a dual career and has a dual career very successfully. He writes and directs. Um, he directed a Gundam movie. Uh, 2004, we got Steam Boy. Have you seen that, by the way? No. No, I haven't seen that either. Uh, 2001, Metropolis, which was adapted from his manga. Um, and 2006, he, d- he directed a live-action movie called Mushishi. Um, he would have been the executive producer of the live-action Akira movie that was cancelled, I think, wasn't it? Didn't it close? They closed down production on it or stopped making it, whatever it is. Yeah, um, it's it's one of these things that they, they keep wanting to make it and then they don't, and they do and they don't. They do, don't they? Yeah, and then and there's a bit of me, I, I, you know, look, they made the bike. That's on all everybody wanted to see the live action was the bike. Yeah, the rest okay. of it, there is. I rewatched Akira last week or the week before. Okay, having it's on Netflix. It's dubbed rather than than um, okay. subtitled. Yeah, but that that kind of means you can have it on in the background and yeah. When I'm working look, occasionally, look I'll have I'll have dub stuff on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, to be there. I, as I say, I, the beauty now with the Kira or something like that is you know the story, so you you are literally there just to let it flow into you. You know, you know. Yeah. Um, and if you've never seen it before, it's worth watching it dubbed once, so you know the story, and then watch it subtitled, so you can just take it in. Yeah. Um, there is absolutely nothing wrong with that as an animated movie. Yeah, I agree. It does not need to be remade exactly. into live action. Yeah. There is nothing that you could do in live action that would make that better. Um, 
so yeah, I, I, I other than wanting a shot on the bike, I've got no yeah no desire to see anything more like. Yeah, I'm not a fuss so. man. I just um, you know, I'll only piss on my strawberries. Do you know what I mean? I've got this yeah. lovely image of the comic and the animation, and you know, I got more than I expected because I got an animation as well as a comic, which was good. So yeah. it's fine by me. Yeah, it'll only include somebody who rather annoys me. You know, um, yeah, good. So that's All a little need to be animated anyway. So it's got, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's it's like the the live action Lion King. You're like, it's not live action <laughs> Lion King. It's just animated to look like like real lions, which again adds no value beyond what was there originally. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, I'd forgotten mm. they did that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah, I blank stuff out these days. Stuff I don't like, I've managed to blank it out of my brain. Um, I keep telling Vince, don't worry about it. We're just going to blank it out. Um, so there's a couple of things we're going to talk about, and then we're going to go a little bit onto the, the richness of the art. But there is a strand of real nastiness in this comic, isn't there? You get yeah. ki a kid who is shot. You get numerous suicides in horrific ways. Um, you get like a simple-minded giant, as if he's from, from Mice and Men, who is just an unstoppable, pummeling, you know, blood-soaked pummeling machine. It's quite horrific, but and it to me it goes to places you don't always see in comics. The sh the shooting of the kid was a shock moment yeah. for me. I think. What about you? So, the book is it's part of it's to do with the whole pacing of the book, in that the the shock pieces get bigger and bigger as it goes through. Because right. the nastiness even starts off just with mild bullying amongst the kids that are there <laughs> yeah. already. So you're already going all right. There's a bit. But a niggle, and then it just builds from that, you know. And some of the scenes, like you know, where, where he, you know, he steals the ball, and then he uses the ball to trap the guy to come and, yeah, you know, the, the, the things like that, where it's that, that, or he uses the ball to trap the kid, doesn't he? And it, it or to make the kid follow the ball, but he ends up getting getting shot. And it, it's just that that pacing of going where things are getting worse, things are getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And there are bits you know, to the extent where, you know, she uses her powers to, to make somebody explode. And yeah. you're right, the, the the gentle giant gets shot as well, but then continues to fight through, and, and more and more bad things happen to him as he does so. Um, yeah, he's flinging and, that know, dude the, around like he's a like he's Justin yeah. Bieber in prison, isn't he? You know, he's that sort you of know. thing going on there, yeah. And then the whole building explodes at the end as well in terms of, or one of the buildings explodes. And um, and as I say, you, you, you are going quicker and quicker and quicker. And then there's an amazing drop-off at the end, which is bang in terms of her staring at Adam while on the swings. And it's, it, it, it is, there's things in it where you're going, oh, wasn't expecting that. You know, down to the fact that I didn't expect the inspector to be killed. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers. Yeah. yeah. But one of the you know because you're you're like going oh yeah so he's he's your John Thor character. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know he's the one that's got to work out. Likable, you know. Well, it, it, he was the older inspector as well, so you've got that. Oh, he's the experienced one. He'll you know you, the the young inspector will run off and do all the, the stuff, but will ultimately it'll be the, the slow plodding plodding thinking inspector will will solve the case. Yeah. In the words of colours, he's the one who walk down the hill and fuck them all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, um, but then suddenly you're like going, oh, he's dead quite early on. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, wasn't, you know, that, to me that was a great time. And that was one of the ones where I was like, perhaps thought, was that the end of a chapter in one of the, because you're left going, oh, wasn't expecting that, what happens next? Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, the, it's it, there is that that pacing through it that that really works well. And as I say, that's why I, maybe that's one of the reasons why I struggled to see how it would have worked reading it in in piecemeal yeah, format because I know what you mean you wouldn't have had that. You wouldn't have, or I would struggle to to see. Well, this is getting quicker and quicker, or bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's something that because again, Akira is exactly like that, where things start small but get bigger and bigger, and bigger as it goes yeah. through. So it's maybe something that, that, that it's just an approach that Otomo takes with regard to how he delivers a story. Yeah, I really enjoy as well the way the story is set in one place pretty much. You know, the the estate, um, you know, having spent a lot yeah. of time on estates as a teenager and stuff, the estate is, is kind of the stage for this, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's all played out within, you know, something that could be the set for a soap opera. You know, it's yes. like it's like Al, Al, Albert Square, but a bigger state, isn't it? You know, it's like that. Um, I really well, like cause, that because even to yeah, the point where they say, it, "Oh, he's on the third, he lives on the third floor in the fourth flat," you know, and stuff like this. Yeah. They they lay out a geography for your mind, yeah. you know. Uh, and and it, it, look, I've talked about this before as well that you know constraints are what makes stories work often, you know, because yeah. you then have to push against those constraints to to to, to overcome them, and that that creates the the tension that that you need. Like, the only scenes that take place outside of the estate are inside a room inside the police station yeah so again the constraint is all there about you know being, being held and, and in place but you sense um, that that's also the the local district police station, oh it's very don't you, yeah you know? oh yeah so, it's just yeah. literally around the corner type thing yeah, yeah. but it's not in the yeah it, it it's the 20 minute drive from the house uh, <laughs> at most yeah um and and that's why as i say in my head when i started reading it I almost read it as being London, <laughs> yeah, because it just kind of fitted that that that, that feeling. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If anyone's if anyone's listening to this and can Google the Aylesbury Estate, just have a look at that. It's so that's that I was on that estate while I was reading this book, you know. So it really does remind you of the, the living of these people in that are essentially just rabbit hutches, you know, in, into the sky, yeah. very small little places. Um, one more question before we move on to the art. Then, for me, this is. In a way, the young versus the old. Is there a movement on to the next generation? Now, I say that because Cho is um, vicious, bastard, playing with people. You know, there is toys. But the girl kills a few people as well. You know, she's yeah. not perfect either. Is this just the next generation taking over, do you think? Uh, yes. In that, but as I say, that's why I think he, you don't know his backstory. Yeah. So he he's maybe had these powers all this time and has been using them for good. And then as he's just, well, just using them sparsely because, over. I mean, it may be that there'd been a suicide yeah. a year or something and nobody had connected the dots. You know, there could have been but that, couldn't there? You know, it, it's to, say, to me, it's just the fact that he's regressed to being a toddler going, you've got, you've got a hat that I want. Yeah. Mm, fine. I'll just kill you. And then I, then I can have the hat. Yeah, you know, it, it's just pushed it to that extreme. The Maybe fact it's a foretelling of in, the millennial generation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, the girl comes in and and she's. You're right. This the switching of roles because she's not necessarily going to say, "Oh, I'm doing this because I want to get the hat or I want to get things for me." She's actually using her powers to stop him or to challenge him as to why he's doing what he's doing yeah. and to you know to fight him down, and. That then has the awakening in, in some of the other children as well. Um, yeah. it, it's, it's again, it's, it's it's an odd scene where they bring in the um, 
the the, the woman who's the yeah who can't go in yeah that who, one yeah and it's that you know beware of the children type thing and you're like yeah, yeah they, they bring in this sort of famous sort of sort of psychic kind of lady don't they who's this yeah. sort of um you know you can imagine she'd probably have a show on cable or something like that yeah. and um they bring her in and she can't make it over the threshold to the estate she just can't do it yeah. And uh, she she runs away. That's a really good moment, actually. Yeah. Mm, mm. These people are trapped um, in this estate, and these these two people. It, it, it is everyday I mean, life to them almost. You know. And and it is the fact that it's such a depressing place to live that actually, even though the suicides are taking place, it's kind of just seen as derogatory. Yeah. Going. Yeah. yeah. Things are so bad. I'm not. I'm not surprised he killed himself. Yeah, you know, and there's a direct um, parallel to a state living in London at the time. You know, it's you know yeah. you're likely to get burgled. You know, there's yeah. robberies happening on the stairwells all the time, and, 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 they, and, and the people lived there. They lived a rough life. Some of these estates, you know, and they yeah. accepted that was part of it. Yeah, yeah, um, and or and, and it's yeah, he's a bit weird, but we keep an eye on him. You yeah, know? and yeah, and that's that's like kind the of giant. The, yeah, 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 um, or even even Stuart, it's like yeah, we know he's a bit off the rails, but his son left him. So, you know, we, but that, that, that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, it, it is an amazing book for that in terms of that, that just real compressed setting of, of, of depressing area yeah. of, 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 of the, the, the weight of the, 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 the town that they live in or the, yeah. the estate that they live in. But it just goes back to the whole, there's, you know, there's got to have been numerous film companies who've gone, these two tower blocks ideal setting we can get access to them you know these they're about to be knocked down we can film a film here you know it's almost like that isn't it you know um i i, I as i say if yeah uh, to me you could do it as a really because it starts off as a cop drama as well yeah as, a, as that sort of tv series that you're seeing with whether it's adulthood or killhood or whatever the, yeah. the films were yeah um that were all set in block. that sort of yeah yeah it is exactly that that's um but just with this psychological matrix element that comes into play as well but yeah yeah, yeah. good let's move on um, to the art sorry yeah. Man, yeah let's move on to no, art. So, exactly um, yeah so there's there's bits in this where and and this is and this is very much a, a manga trope for me in terms of the, the where there's the mix of saying when does a background exist or not yeah. Um, so page one, where love that it's got page, Absolutely six love characters that page. on it, yeah, and you can tell that it's kids playing in the street and they're the big flat open area, and there is not a single dot, but it speaks on this loads to someone looking down off a balcony yeah. to the kids playing in the playground in the streets below, doesn't it? You know, it's just even yeah. to the point we had someone just walking off a panel, just casually walking, you know, yeah. Genius, and yeah, and you just turn to page three, <laughs> right? Yeah. Even page two for that matter. Page three, yes, there, where it's got this detailed perspective hallway with every crack in the wall drawn and every yeah. minute detail of the door hinges and side door thing and the the lighting's all drawn to uber detail. And you're going. Well, how can you go from saying that you don't do backgrounds, or it's, 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 if you if there's no backgrounds, there's no backgrounds. Yeah. If there is backgrounds, there's everything. Like when Cho floats, yeah. there's no background. Then is there? You know, it's, no. But you still get a depth. Somehow you get a depth of field into everything yeah. that's happening, don't you? Yeah. yeah. 
and 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 throughout the book it goes through that that where at times it's particularly when it's you know if the girl's sort of looking at him to say something you know, she recognizes you know, she doesn't know that he's initially the one doing all these things but she can sense that there's things happening and every time she started doing that she just sort of there's you know she's looking at him with nothing behind her and you yeah. know or he's he's in his mind doing his thing and quite it, a lot of zipper tone sort of used as background as well isn't there you know you get a bit yeah, of that which is very yeah. again very manga feel for me yeah. in terms of of, of of the period so as i say there's that whole mix of and when he when he draws the estate he draws the estate yeah uh, and he creates a, again it's very much a manga thing motion is 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 really important in terms of of how things are drawn. I think it's certainly something that the Japanese comics do a lot better than um, right, most yeah. or most English language comics, where you know the, the the input motion and speed through it than than anything else. And it's not just all oh, draw lots of speed lines or things. It's about choosing weird angles and between different um, different panels. Causing you to say, "Oh, that there has to be motion of a tumble there moving forward." Yeah. Uh, okay, there's no page number, so I and, and they also you, insert but... um, um, sound effects into motion action, don't mm. they? You know, which I really like the way they do that a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so that all of that then leads me to think that's what I—that's the sort of manga that I want. It, and but all the people that are drawn in it look real. Yeah, this is where I was going to go next, man, actually. So you've got that, um, you know, it's quite common. We've talked about it on the show before, where in in manga you'll have a counterpoint. You'll have a super realistic and detailed background, you know, buildings and streets Mm. and vehicles and stuff. But in the foreground you'll have the characters who are um, almost cartoony drawn. You know, we got it. Mm. We got it um, with on onward towards our noble deaths a few weeks ago. You know, you, you do get it a, a, quite a lot. But with this, he pl- he really can draw facial characteristics, which I think is what initially confused me into thinking this may have been a Bond Destiny book when I first saw it. You know, before mm. I knew all about manga uh, or anything about it. The this he's like the old men are old men. You know, the, he draws noses all the time. You know, he draws glasses yeah. all the time. It's not it's not like you say like One Piece and stuff like that. Where sometimes it's just three lines. There's, you know, there's there's no no exaggeration of the eyes either or anything like that yeah. in terms of yeah. You know, and that, and that to me often when I think manga I think oh there's a big doughy eyes and that's wrong to think that that's just certain yeah, stories that we do that yeah we we um, capture it in our minds don't we but and the, and the the facial acting in this is incredible just brilliant you know. Uh, look at it, capture any page from someone crying or screaming or even even the sort of normally emotionless giant of a man his mm. his facial acting is amazing you know yeah yeah as and again it's it's about moving moving the camera angle around these characters as well all the time yeah. to to give that impression of you know of, of adding to the facial acting as well to see you know adding the pressure of this is who he is, you know, to make him feel big or look her big. Um, the other, the other thing I, I wanted to mention, man, is is the use of deep double page spreads. So mm-hmm. it's it's this isn't um, like your average paperback manga. There's a lot of panels per page in a lot of this. Yeah. But sparsely, and I'm guessing this would have been a high point in the magazine. You get a big double page spread. Often they're used to the advantage of the landscape, you know, the architecture and stuff. You know, you get the top of buildings yeah. and, you know, you get there's there's a great point where they're both sort of standing in the top of this building and he's sort of perched on the on the railing and she's facing him. Um, but one of my favourite ones is 
a double page spread that comes towards the end of the book and it's just his face man yeah it's just i don't want to open it too much because i'm going to crack the spine for my most expensive book in the world but the it's this old man with you know liver spots and wrinkles and you know you know dirty skin staring at shitting his pants looking across the way at the girl who's who's turned back up again and that double page spread's brilliant absolutely well that that four or five pages because the page before that yeah this is towards the end where nobody really knows that he's the one that caused all the trouble yeah. other than the girl right and everyone knows that, that she was saved and, and there was something happened and she walks back towards the play park and he's always sat beside the play park that's you know he's the old man who comes and sits at the play park it's yeah just, which is creepy as fuck stuff. anyway yeah. yeah yeah but he's he's portrayed as being at how, how old would you say he's meant to be God, he's got 70s? to be in his 80s. Yeah, 80s? I would say, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. So it, it's it's beyond the creepiness and stuff. And again, in, an, uh, in a big estate like that, where there's nowhere else to go, I, there is that whole, yeah, he, that's that's where, that's the bench. So that's where he goes and sits. Yeah. But she's walking back to the play park. And his face, facial reaction there is the fact that she's still alive and that she's come back. Yeah. And... The, the pages that follow the page that follows that where she just gets on the swing yeah, and stares at him yeah and he realizes that that's it it's all over and two pages after that the old man dies on the bench yeah. um and it is and nobody cares <laughs> the, yeah. the, it's like there's the the, the one in the, the inspector who's gone back you know goes over to, to and kind of looks around to find out what happened and, and suddenly all the kids disappear they and, just leave, and she's the only one left sitting on the swing. It's, and oh, the only people amazing. who realise, apart from her, is that her and Cho is the fact is the reader realises that is the final duel that is happening. Yeah, that yeah. is the culmination of everything. You know, we've had buildings explode, blood everywhere. We had them flying down the side of buildings, but the, it came down to that at the end. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible storytelling. He's he's really taken stylistic chances there by he's gone for that much quieter it's not well it is kind of quiet in the reading isn't it that quieter moment for what 20 pages towards the end yeah. well, well it's quiet but it's brilliantly quiet because yeah. she says nothing he says nothing but yeah. loads of other characters in the background are making noise right so you've got that impression of the the the, the life and, and the, the busyness of the the estate you know yeah. the other kids are playing around and there's people you know the mother's talking and stuff and it's you just get that you know the girl walks in quietly, does a mental attack yeah. on him, and that's him done. And the rest of the noise just continues on, and she just sits on the swings. And you know it's it, that you know so it's, it's the quietness inside the hubble and bubble of of the the the, the estate running. It's 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 a, it's a brilliant piece of storytelling. Yeah, so good. Um, yeah. Yeah, good. So, no, well, let's we hope that it actually gets released again so people can get themselves a copy of it. Um, yeah. So if people are looking for a copy, as I say, there's... You can in the... Or there's various ways to get... There's a there's a Japanese edition that's that's just come out. Yeah, um, which is called, a collection of um, all of his stories. They're releasing them all together over a series, aren't they? Is I, that right? I don't know. It's weird because they've done issue 8 and done it... Or what I can find is issue 8 and issue 21. Issue 21 <laughs> being the akira storyboards and so i don't right. know if it's if they're they're weirdly putting them out in that, that sort of way of going you know what there's a big thing here but we're just going to tell you about 
volumes yeah. eight and twenty one. Who knows? Um, yeah. So it's it's um, yeah, it's called the Otomo, the complete works number eight uh, is is Domu, um, and currently it's available from Paddy's Books. Yeah. Um, so which is paddysbooks.bigcartel.com, um, which which is going to ruin me financially. They, they have a, a really nice site, and he also has Paddy's Books too, big cartel on which does a lot of um, French French stuff. Yeah. So it's um, these these are um, I bought stuff from him in the past, and it's been a long time since. But I would um, it, it's good quality stuff that they put out, uh, yeah. or he's he's imported to the UK. Nice choice, man. Good one. Another good yeah. one. Um, yeah. So we've got one more of these left, actually. It was meant to be last week, but I've delayed it. It's um, Dave Robertson's coming on to talk about Barefoot Gen. So look forward to that one. That's going to be happening Ooh. in March. Um, over at the Awesome Comics podcast, we will be having, um, in two weeks' time, we'll be having the start of Manga Month. And we've got a manga expert coming on to talk to us about the history of it to start with. And then we've got a sort of themed episodes after that. So have a listen to that one. But thanks. Thanks, Al. Want to have a little chat with you about what you've got going on because you're, as always, a big, uh, a busy man. Apart from our little secret project that you, me, and Eamon are currently working on, um, and well, you're sort of reading stuff and laughing at it, and and Eamon has gone into into a deep dive mode, as and I'm sort of following him. But you, you've um, you've suggested the book, so we're going to keep that a secret for the moment. But you're you also been a swat. Sorry, what's that, mate? He's being the SWAT. And he is, yeah. He's got it. the time, man. He's all right. He's got. He lives in his in his castle <laughs> with his moat. He's fine. He's retired. It's fun. The um, yeah, say hello to Eamon. And uh, but you are in the upcoming. You now I saw a tease of it. I mentioned at the start of the show um, that comic smell issue two, yep. um, which I'm very excited to see. So you and yes. the four lads from that comic smell have put a back it back again with the second anthology. Looks great, man. Yeah. So it's. Um... I think it's at the printers at the moment and yep. should, uh, should be available for sale imminently. Um, it's, um, as you say, it's a, a, an anthology from their works where they, I do feel like I've cheated them a little bit in that they've all done five, six, seven page stories and then I did seven one page stories or something <laughs> like that. You know, that's, that's an easy, easy get out for me. Yeah, nice. um, that's your skill though, man. You love, you love the short story, don't you? You know. Yeah, if, if, if I can't compress it, as I say, I, I do know what my if I ever write my autobiography, it's the the title of it is my life in three panels, um, <laughs> yeah. which would be a nice way to do that. So no, it's it's been it was a really good exercise for me because there's I was about to say there's no penguins in that book, but there is there are I, yes, there, aren't there? There's, yeah, there's the guys have been penguinized. Yeah, um, but no, it gave me the opportunity to try different techniques and oh, nice. use one or two different tools if you like one of the drawings for example one of the, the stories is, is all drawn using a very large um black marker and um, okay. with a little bit of white line on top of it just to try and do something you know and say right you're only allowed to use the big marker and nothing else oh nice um, so that, that was a an interesting different take on things and i managed to do a whole strip uh where i say can i do a comic strip that just features words and no pictures. Okay. And I think I've done that. Good. Um, yeah. Which so which is at the end of the book. Um, yeah, so the good that, lads, that, aren't that they? Was, yeah, I'm really yeah. looking forward oh, to yeah. that, man. Great. If you Great. go to um, thatcomicsmell.bigcartel.com, it'll be um, they've got it ready and it'll be out soon there. Or you can follow them at thatcomicsmell on Twitter at thatcomicsmell. Um, yeah, good. So, what have you got for sort of solo projects then, man? What have you got coming up? So the next big thing for me is the Acme Comic Con. 
Oh yeah, Glasgow, yeah. I think uh, Cannon's going the... to that, isn't he? He was telling me. He is. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's sitting. He's sharing a table with uh, Steve Ingram. Oh no! Nice. Um, I know both those dudes. Yeah, I've been following Steve on Patreon. He's good. He's a good lad yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's the I want to say fifth and sixth of of March. Um, right. At the the ICC in in Glasgow. So it'll be that's kind of weekend after next, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. On, we'll so that'll be good for that. Yeah. Um, first big con that we've had in Scotland for two odd years. Yeah. Um, is that a new? So is that a new venture? Is it? It's. Tis um, right. basically MCM pulled out of of Scotland, and Ooh, therefore that opened up a <laughs> left whatever behind as well. <laughs> um, and the couple of guys who'd been involved in so it's, it's I can't remember who it was one of the guys who was previously involved in some other things, but also Shah from oh he's um, involved in it. Is he? oh, yeah, he's, in, yeah, yeah. he's not one of the organisers, but he's heavily involved. Right, I'll get you. Okay. After Glasgow Comic Con, um, so they you know, so they basically said, well, look, if they, uh, I presume the MCM had, had control over the fact that there was only so many Comic Cons allowed to take place at the ACC in in, in Glasgow, and the same oh, okay. they've got control for their Excel and stuff. Um, so now that that's opened up, they're they're going to host two events a year in there, um, a spring event which is in the, the slightly smaller hall, um, which I think is good for us just to refind our feet after all this time yeah, in terms yeah. of getting there. And then there's going to be another bigger one um in uh, oh, well, let's say October or time okay. as well. Which is the is basically the, the a proper replacement for, for MCM. It's it's got a big artist alley actually. Or oh, okay. bigger than I thought. Have um, they got international guests at it and stuff have they or no not this time. Okay. Or not for the not for the spring one. Um there's Nick Brokenshire is going to be there. Oh, Tanya Roberts is going to be there right. as a guest. A uh, bunch of others, and they've got some media guests as well. Which yeah. Mainly, is a lot of the cast of Still Game. I know. That, um... I, I know that because uh, Johnny Cannon keeps sending me that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, Still Game is a big thing in Scotland, so <laughs> it was, you know, it was just a proper comedy show. It's, it's yeah, and uh, it's, it's, yeah, good. Um, I've never seen it, so I can't comment. <laughs> No, yeah, you, yeah. you wouldn't have a clue. No, and then, uh, to be honest, you probably wouldn't understand half the language that was in it because uh, of the way it's presented. I can. Um, yeah. Um, it's all about the bobby. Oh. The, um, <laughs> Joe, Joe there for my Scottish listeners. The, <laughs> yeah, so that, that's the next big thing for that. And uh, I'm just slowly plodding away with um, daily penguins and um, the odd painting here and there as well. To add to yeah, the you drew our next project actually today, didn't you? Or a couple of days ago. Uh, or the other days yeah, ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think all just three of us got fun. a little bit inspired, didn't we? We needed to get something out of our system because we, we felt a bit dirty from the revision. <laughs> all three of us drew something. Well, uh, yeah, I would, yeah, and I, because at one point I did consider doing a full-blown portrait of like, like you guys oh, had done. Yeah. And yeah, and then I was like, Actually, no. I don't yeah, what would I do with it afterwards? At least the character I can I can put in there to be sold. That's by true. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He says harshly, <laughs> uh, but um, but yeah, no. There's there's a lot of that in terms of just playing around with it. But yeah, and Penguin, it'll get there when it gets there. Um, I'm very much. I, I I can't rush to another book. I don't have any room left in the garage for for the stock. <laughs> oh mate, I know, I know how you feel. I keep um, big shout out to Daryl. I keep trying to get his copies of Hank over to him, but he's on his back in. So and I'm, I'm getting those death stairs down the couch. Can you just move these boxes, please? You know, it's one of those sort of things happening. But uh, yeah, 
I know what you mean. Good stuff, mate. Where can we find you online? Where can we buy your books? Um, just search for at Pend Gwyn on any form of social media. Good stuff. Um, you can find me at patreon.com forward slash tribute press or at neveranything.com. Take a trip over to neveranything.com and you'll find some images from Domu, which will be going up tomorrow. Um, I do always do a little write-up um, that includes some of the art that we've talked about, just so you can feast your eyes on that. This was a great book. Um, go over to Tribute Press on Patreon. We've just finished The Funeral, which is a new Flesh and Ink short, and we've got a new thing coming as of next week, including a Baboonsville Radio um, episode, <laughs> which is um, absolute filth, as Eamon calls it. Um, but, yeah, thanks for that, man. And um, we do already have our next one planned out, but we'll have a chat anyway about future projects. Good stuff, man. Thanks, dude. Cool. Yeah. Bye, man.